Set your clocks and watches, because it's time, it's time. I don't know if anybody even still uses clocks and watches, but we're just going to say it anyway, because it goes with the intro. <laughs> That's right, we're back again. I, again, I'm not keeping track of what the hell episode this is. We're just pumping out episodes like the, like we usually do. Back on our usual schedule, our Thursday doubleheader, NXT AEW. This one will be NXT, then we'll do another one, of course, AEW. Not really much to talk about before the show, like any like news or anything that was really like important to talk about that associated with these two shows. Yeah, not for the not for the midday week. Yeah, it's just like, it's always main roster shit that has something to do with like the news. Yeah. So... NXT for May 24th. Overall feelings of the show. It was just another meh show. It was just eh, yeah. That's what I was just saying at the, when I finished watching it because I didn't get to watch it live. Which, shout out to High Five Tom. Loving doing the Cruiserweight Classic stuff. But, you know, just catching up on this. Watched it today. It, it was. It was just an eh show. Nothing, like, too spectacular, but nothing, like, disgraceful. That You were just like, I hate watching this show. Why yeah. do I watch this? Like, That's how I feel while watching SmackDown sometimes. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, show kicked off. Tony D'Angelo, two dimes and stacks backstage. They sent a message to Legato Del Fantasma over what happened last week. Promised this is far from over. Tony tells them to watch what Stacks and Two Dimes do to Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade tonight, because worse is coming to Legato Del Fantasma. When they see them, Tony and his crew walk off. We saw Santos Escobar in the background, and he was just kind of got that scheming smile on his face. And then they went out to the ring. We had the. So our first match was Two Dimes and Stacks versus Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade. Idris and Malik were already in the ring. Stacks and Two Dimes came out to Tony D's music. So, we get this, and if I'm just being brutally honest with you here, wasn't impressed with Stacks and Two Dimes at all. Neither were I. I was like, not. I'll give them the benefit benefit of the doubt that it's their first match on... Well, televised match. Well, they yeah. had the one it's like their I told first you. match on television. Yeah, like I said, so they, had, sure the one, like they like had the nerve. one on level up. Yeah, I'm sure they're like, there's like nerves and like you're on national TV and there's nerves and there's butterflies mm -hmm. and stuff. And who, I don't, I'm not familiar with either of these two. Yeah. Like, I've heard the name Troy Donovan yeah. before in, when they had their, announced their fucking... The, new, class. the next class, yeah. Yeah. I, I heard the name Troy Donovan before. Mm -hmm. 
but I, I don't know if either of these two have wrestling backgrounds or, I mean, prior They like, clearly history. do. I mean, they clearly do, but, like, we don't know shit about them, really. We don't know how long. Yeah. We don't they know shit about them. They could have been wrestling for, like, a month. Yeah. But just physically wasn't impressed by them tonight. Yeah. Like, definitely wasn't a good, like solid it wasn't it definitely wasn't a very good tv debut i should say yeah i was still more impressed with malik and idris and it's not even the fact that that they were just like not very flashy or like it's just that they didn't really have like a move set they were just kind of just bland just throwing punches throwing kicks yeah that's all they were and i was just like eh you you expected more Uh, especially if you're in with probably one of the, or not in the match, like, you're involved with, uh, one of the, like, quickest debuts yeah. in, like, NXT history yeah. with Tony D'Angelo. I mean, they're locked in a feud right now with a guy in Tony D'Angelo who's over like crazy, and three guys in Legato Del Fantasma who are fantastic. Like, so. when, when Tony debuted... Like, half of these people that they've brought in, I don't... I've never heard of them. I don't know if they have any prior wrestling background. Some have showed me they have Mm -hmm. not. And some have showed me that they still may have not, but Mm -hmm. they still have caught on quick. Tony, Tony, I don't... I don't know what is... There must be something within his genes. I was about to say, that man, literally, we knew nothing about debuts on the fucking show finally all we see is vignettes man debuts in ring and it's just like locked in and you're like i love tony d'angelo like guy's awesome yeah he is awesome so these two really gotta step up big time if you're gonna be involved in this like you gotta step up yeah big if, time, you, guys. if you're gonna be on the same side as tony d'angelo and going against santos escobar yeah and Cruz, Cruz Del, Del Toro, Toro. <laughs> and Joaquin Wild, then you're you're gonna have to step your game up because you you two can't be the the uh, the weakest link out of this. Mm-hmm. And it says a lot that I wasn't impressed by them because Malik ends up botching in this match on a springboard. He slipped off the top rope and kind of half-assed it, but he mm-hmm. still kind of caught some of them. And I was still just more like. It didn't make me, like, change my opinion to swing over to liking stacks and two dimes in the ring. I was like... Yeah, you were just like, ah, oh, damn, damn it, damn it, Idris. No, it was Malik that slipped. Oh, it was Malik? Yeah, it was Malik. Oh, yeah, you were like, ah, oh, damn, damn Malik. Yeah, Idris had that nice little, like, hot tag, and as soon as Malik goes springboard, he slipped on the top rope, but kind of, like, put his arm out to catch one of them and just kind of caught a little bit of them, and they went down, and I was like... It's sad when even the botch doesn't make me like them. Yeah. Like, I like Idris and Malik. I do. Because remember, we wanted them to win the freaking Dusty ta- the Dusty Cup just because underdog tag team, you know, mm-hmm. why the hell not? They were getting over like crazy as a tag team, so... Stacks and Two Dimes end up getting the win with a double big... Like, a double kick to the side of the head with Legato Del Fantasma when they made their way out to the ring... They didn't, like, move at all. They just kind of stood on the ramp and watched. That's when they got the double kick to the side of the head, won the match. Tony gets in the ring, and he pretty much says, 
I ain't gonna let this slide for what happened last week. He goes, you come out here and you want to fight. Because even during the match, we had the whole thing where Santos is, like, back there with the rest of Legado del Fantasma. This is what led to them coming out before. This was still during the match. He comes out, he comes in the back there, and he pretty much tells him, he's like, Electra, you got this? And she's like, don't worry, I got this covered right here. Because she had her match against Alba Fire. Mm-hmm. She ends up just staying back there, and he says, guys, it's time to do some business. And that was when they went out out to the ring to stand and watch. But then again, like at the, at the end, Tony D grabs the mic, he pretty much tells him, we ain't going to let this slide for what happened last week. He says, you want to come in and fight, you better come out in here and fight. And that's when it turned into an all-out, drag them out, fucking referees and agents and everything else, coming to split them all up. Again, all in for this feud still. Yeah, this feud's been so so enjoyable. It is enjoyable, because again, it's gang warfare, hands down. I'm pretty sure even Vic said that on commentary when the brawl started. He goes, it's gang warfare, and I was like... See? Gang warfare. It's turf wars. Yes, easily. So, after this, we get Mackenzie Mitchell backstage with Wesley. Taped up ribs from last week when he got hucked over the freaking top rope out on the announce table by fucking Tarzan. That's That's what he is now, forget it. She asks why he started something with Sangha, because again, talk about the confrontation with Sangha. Lee says he was running off adrenaline, but he doesn't feel like he made a mistake. He was disrespected. And he stands by his challenge. Lee says he and Mackenzie are friends, and he means this with respect, but she wouldn't respect but she wouldn't respect and he doesn't and he needs to face guys like Sangha to prove himself pretty much. He wants to face Sangha because he's like, I can handle big guys as well. Like Yeah. So Because the whole thing Mackenzie was like if she said what I said last week. Yeah. She was like, I, I don't think Sangha meant anything by what he said. Because he really didn't. He yeah, really no. didn't mean any disrespect. It's just, like I said, Wesley's caught in his feelings right now. And everything around him he's just blind to. Yeah, he's just easily irritable. Oh, easily. Whereas the freaking word right now, like... Yeah. So we get to the match. Sangha versus Wesley. Sangha made his way out. Wesley came out after the commercial, because I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they went to a commercial. Yeah, it was, like, midway, like, they came back, and he Mm -hmm. was already, like, midway through his entrance. So, Wesley came out, he got in, and just, not even a minute and a half in the match, and Sangha just fucking Keith Lee-style hucks the shit out of Wesley. Just hurls him through the air. It legitimately looked like when Keith Lee hucked Isaiah Cassidy, like, Mm -hmm. just grabbed him and threw him, and I'm like... Jesus Lord, if if he threw him any higher, he'd be in space. <laughs> like, what the fuck? In the end, I gotta say, wasn't really disappointed with Sangha. Yeah. He, really wasn't. He, he was actually, like, pretty decent. <laughs> you remember what I said Tuesday night, where I was just like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now, but Sangha's just a little bit more impressive than Veer. <laughs> Easily. Veer is awful. I am sorry. Veer is awful. Shanky. Lanky Kong, I should say, is awful. Fucking Satnam Singh. Don't even, haven't even seen him wrestle, but I already know he's awful. Like, just like, fucking all the big guys just disappoint 
but it's like, for some reason, Sangha put on Braun Strowman pants and boots and was just like, <laughs> I'm good. And I'm like, alright, well, interesting. Fucking ends this match with a devastating ass chokeslam. Holy shit. Might as well just fucking thrown him through the goddamn ring. Right? I thought he was going to throw him up. Like, just grab him by the throat, throw him just straight up, and let him fall. Like, freaking so high up. Again, he wasn't even really, like, he wasn't really working the ribs a lot, like, on Wesley. Mm-hmm. But, like, Wes got some offense in, but he just couldn't take Sangha off his feet. And, like I said, eventually it ended up with just this giant chop on the ring apron... West started getting more offense in. He ate a fucking devastating-ass clothesline that turned him inside out. Like, again, I was not disappointed in Sangha this week. Yeah. Like, I wasn't crazy for him to begin with, but after seeing this, I was like, turning the tides a little bit. Okay, I'll take that right now. So, so after the match, Sangha gets ready, and he's leaving. As Sangha leaves... All of a sudden, surprise, surprise, where the fuck has this guy been? Out comes fucking Zion Quinn, who apparently can't keep himself self healthy enough to fucking stick around on the show. Like, what the hell? He's like, here one week, gone next three, shows up again. Like, what the hell is happening here with him? So... Zion Quinn gets in, takes off his leather jacket, and he gets ready to confront Wes, who's sitting in the corner, still trying to get his breath and recuperate after getting chokeslammed all to shit. And Zion Quinn bends down and gets in his face, and he stands up to go, like, looks like he's about to jump him. And all of a sudden, Sangha runs in and just intervenes. Zion Quinn tries to go punch him. He turns around, looks right at him. Zion Quinn's like, no, I don't want none of that. (laughs) And walks off. And in the end, we get Sangha helping Wesley up to his feet and just kind of protecting him. And I was like, Sangha face turn? The fuck? Bizarre as hell, but alright, you do you, I guess. I mean, that's... that. It, it was kind of what they were, like, alluding to this entire time. I mean, yeah. Like, they had Grayson Waller fucking fire him, and then they had the match with Grayson, and mm-hmm. then even last, or was it, yeah, it was last week where mm-hmm. uh, Wes and Sangha had the confrontation. Yeah. Sangha was just like, kind of, just a, just a dude. A concerned, <laughs> like a concerned was, guy, and that was it. He was just it. a dude showing sympathy, and, and pretty much Wesley telling him, mistaked it for, Don't like, forget also insults. telling him, don't forget also telling him, like, hey, there's a size disadvantage. You got to be careful when you're out there. And yeah, I'm just and, like, and, he, and Wesley mistaked it for insults, and Sangha was like, "I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not here. I'm not, I'm not here I'm not to insult you. I'm trying to tell you something right now." And he's just like, his mind is so fucked up right now. Like he can't keep his mind straight, and that's yeah. what's the thing about it. But uh, interesting to see what's going to happen here. Like, is Wesley aligned with Sangha now? Like, is Sangha just? buddy buddy with Wesley like what is it it's interesting we'll see what the hell happens I guess so we get Cora Jade next backstage with Roxanne Perez Cora hyped like Cora hyped her up like for 
her semifinal match against Lash Legend. Roxanne points to how Lash is much bigger than her. Because, again, we've seen how tiny Roxanne is. She is very tiny. Mm-hmm. But, again, look how young she is, too, also. So, that says a lot, also. So, Jade recalls when Roxanne... she only, like, 20? I think so, yes. She's still, again, like I said, very young. So, Jade recalled when Roxanne and her dealt with Jenna Waters at an indie event in Texas, saying no one messes with them and no one can talk trash about them. Roxanne asked Jade if she wants to watch Electra Lopez versus Alba Fire in the back, from the backs, but then Cora suggested that they watch it from the crowd, which Roxanne stayed in the back to help herself prepare for her match, and then Cora went out there by herself. So, back from a commercial, we got Guru Raj and Javier Bernal, as it says. They told Braun Breaker, who was backstage when he walks up, when they walk up to him, they said that Joe Gacy is in his locker room. So Breaker enters, but only sees a Polaroid photo taped to his locker of he and his brothers with their father. He grabs it and says it's from 20 years ago. And then Wade said Gacy continues to play mind games with Braun Breaker. So, again, we got a lot of this, again, during the night. The question is, if if he says that's from 20 years ago, how the hell old is Braun Breaker? Is he, like, 30? I don't honestly know. I really don't. Because that doesn't make any sense. That's Unless he's, like, one of the... If he's, like, small... I didn't see a clear picture of the Polaroid. Mm-hmm. So, unless he was, like, a smaller child within the picture... I think he like was. A, if he was, like... I don't know, like, four or five in the picture, maybe. I mean, that would but make like, sense. I, again, I didn't see the picture. I just saw a bunch of, like, grown-looking men. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way any of those is Braun Breaker. <laughs> like, we're supposed to believe that Braun Breaker... Or, like, we thought that Braun Breaker is, like, young. Which well, I would assume young. that he is. Yeah, so he's gotta be in his 20s, like, in his, like... Mid to early, maybe late twenties. Yeah, he's he's got to be like twenty four, maybe. Yeah, mid to late third, like mid to late twenties, and that's from twenty years ago, from when he was like yeah five, six, something like that. So after this, we get Electra Lopez Alba Fire. So again, Electra makes her entrance. Alba makes her entrance. I like her entrance a lot. The whole flaming bat. Yeah. The whole pointing it at the camera now with the smoke in the back. It just looks really good. Good presentation for it. She also changed her hair a little bit. She has highlights of black Mm -hmm. in between the red. Yes. I just, I like the new look too. She looks badass. Mm -hmm. So we get this match and it wasn't the worst. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Like, I like Alba Fire, no matter what the hell she goes by anyway. I like her anyway. I do have, like, one small... Little gripe here. Little gripe. That I, being? I wish that they didn't change her finisher, because I think Kaylee Ray slash Alba Fire has one of the worst swanton bombs yeah, no. ever. She does look She like always it. looks like she's about to fucking nose plant into the fucking ground. Well, if you think about it, she only won it with the swanton... Because of the fact that she couldn't get her up for the gory bomb. I mean, time. even in, even in her debut or re-debut, I should say, 
last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was, she won with she won with the gory bomb into the swan tongue. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, you could have just kept the gory bomb. Yeah, I know her. You don't her, need the, her the swan tongue is pretty weak. The swan tongue looks terrible. I know it literally just looks like she's just doing a cannonball off the top rope. Like that's all it is. Like she's like AJ when she, whenever he gets hit with a uh, with a back body drop, he gets like this like two centimeters away from the mat <laughs> before actually flipping. I'm always worried that he's gonna like scorpion himself into the, <laughs> oh, the, the mat. That would be awful. I would never want to see that. Let's never think of that as an option. But again, same thing with Alba. Yeah. She's, I'm just worried she's going to dive off and just scorpion herself into the, mm-hmm. like, Lita. Yeah. So, again, she... At one point, Electra started working the arm. She tried to attempt the gory bomb at one point. She couldn't get her up for the gory bomb because of the arm. But it ended up with a couple super kicks, a couple headbutts, went up top, hit the swanton, got the win. Alba keeps going, getting some wins. Electra Lopez, we've given her criticism here and there. Like, you know, she's like, she fits so well in Legato Del Fantasma. But when you watch her in ring, it's just like. There's just eh. something missing. Yes. Still, like, this I wasn't think, the I, worst. I think the, the the thing for me that just it just doesn't fit with Electra. Like, if you compare her to, like, a normal, like, woman wrestler. Like, mm-hmm. if you compare her to, uh, like, J.C. Jane mm-hmm. or uh, Fallon Henley, Tiffany Stratton, like, sure, she's a lot, like, what's the word without sounding offensive? <laughs> she's a lot beefier. She's built. She's, she's built, built, yeah. She's built a lot tougher and yeah. bigger than a normal woman mm-hmm. would. But I, f- I feel like just because that, she feels like she needs to work as a big woman, mm. but she's not. Yeah, she's not, like, tall either. Yeah, so she's it's not, not like... tall. She's not, like, one of the, the monstrous women Yeah, she just works. Well. She just tries to work the big woman style, but she's not that big. Yeah. Like, she's not that big to be working that style. Like, I'm not, I'm not denying the fact that she's strong and she's powerful. Oh, yeah, hands down. But... It's also the fact that, like, you have to work to your size mm-hmm. as well. It's like somebody on this show yeah. that we were, we're going to talk about probably in, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, I, I like her. I do. Her and Legato Del Fantasma fits really good. It's just there's something off still about the in-ring. It, like, there's something off about it. Just that's really all I can say about it. Is yeah. there's just something off about it. But after the match, she she gets up and leaves. After Alba's up there celebrating, Electra rolls out of the ring, makes her way across, and walks right in front of Cora. Cora kind of makes a like a boo hands like thumbs down kind of thing, and Electra looks back at her and gets in her like slaps the popcorn because Cora's eating popcorn the entire time. She slaps the bowl of popcorn out of her. Like, off her lap, and then just gets in her face, and then just kind of walks off. And I was like, okay, that's a thing. Just, Electra just, it's still weird just how Electra just kind of inserted herself on this whole thing. Like, 
She had nothing to do with it, but then all of a sudden just Cora and yeah. Roxanne are talking and she's just like, but I have a match with Alba Fire. Yeah, it's really, it's really random. Yeah, random as fuck. Like, just had to promote her match there one time quick and it's just like, okay, weird ass place to do it, but okay, thanks for reminding me. Have at it, I guess. <laughs> So, after that, we got Damon Kemp backstage. He was on the phone with management, informing them that the non-title tag match they were going to have against Pretty Deadly was off because Roddy apparently rolled his ankle. Creed's show up with Ivy Nile. Kemp informs them of the injury. He's not sure why Roderick didn't tell them. Julius says, Roderick's ankle, ankle better be hanging on by a thread because this is Diamond Mine, and no matter what, you, f- you face up and go out to perform because that's what's that's who they are and what they do. Ivy says there's no excuses in Diamond Mine. Kemp says he's not here to argue, just to earn his spot and follow orders. Because even at one point when they were talking about his ankle holding on by a thread, Julius even brought up the fact about Brutus's cannonball last week where he was like, he could have shattered his, le- his ankles and... Yeah. And his legs and stuff like that. And I was like, holy shit, you ain't lying there. Because that cannonball last week terrified me. Because it looked like he legitimately just cannonballed into nothing. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, he cannonballed into nothing. And not only that, yeah. he like like sprung off of his feet as well. <laughs> yeah. It was a little concerning, but you know, he's that's still not upstanding. the first time that he's, he's done that as well. Yeah. Where he, instead of like, and it's, it's not even on Brutus with that spot either. Mm. It's on the people that's doing it. And it's you mean, terrible. You mean taking it? Yeah, take it's on the people that's taking it. And mm-hmm. it's kind of bad to say when you put into yeah. consideration who they were against last week, yeah. being the Viking Raiders. Like I know that it's a it's a fucking 300 pound man mm-hmm. in a cannonball motion mm-hmm. diving at you. But yeah. it's both of you and your combined weight of 600 pounds. Yes. Just catch the man so he doesn't shatter his fucking, fucking Achilles <laughs> or his ankle. Or... Exactly. So Kemp walked off to check on Roddy. Brutus was angry that Pretty Deadly always gets lucky. Julius says they'll get what's coming to them at In Your House. Because again, we talked about this last week. They have a tag title match coming up at In Your House. They've done a kind of piss poor job at promoting this match really I have to say they haven't barely interacted the two teams whatsoever every time Pretty Deadly's about to have something going on they just get lucky that everybody just either isn't here, got injured, wasn't medically cleared like the fuck is happening here so we get a still we get the still to come for Lash Legend Roxanne in the semifinals. Back from a commercial, Mackenzie's with Fallon Henley. Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen backstage. She announces that Nikita Lyons is injured and was forced to withdraw from the women's breakout tournament. I hope she has a speedy recovery. Because again, she had an Instagram live where she talked about it. Apparently it's a slight tear in her MCL, but it's not like major it's just a sprain as she said it was that's what yeah. she was told it was so speedy recovery to her because absolutely she's awesome can't wait to see her come back so they talk about how she was forced to withdraw so henley now receives a bye to the finals fallon henley says this is bittersweet as she was looking forward to facing nikita 
Briggs mentions how Lyons suffered a freak accident while training, but he points to Jensen's arm and says some injuries happen on purpose, referring to how Von Wagner hurt Brooks Jensen. Suddenly, Tiffany Stratton walks up. Trash talks Fallon Henley about getting a f- easy pass to the finals. Tiffany says this country good girl act isn't fooling her. She can see through it. Calling Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs country dumb and dumber. Which I was like, you know, kind of a eh line, I guess. If you want to say. Wasn't like a fucking, ooh, get that burn. It's just one of those things where it's like, Okay. Yeah. So, Henley says no one talks to her or her boys like that. She earns everything she has in NXT. And if Tiffany wants to come at her, then yeehaw, bitch, she'll come right back. So, she told her, go talk to management and see if we can make this official. And then Tiffany walked off. So, we get Roxanne versus Lash Legend. Gotta say, for... A guy who's given Lash Legend a lot of criticism and well-deserved criticism because she's just not been there. Like, she hasn't been there whatsoever with the wrestling so far. This was actually pretty decent for her. This was solid for her. It was like she actually played up to her size and it worked well because of who she was in the ring with. She's in there with Roxanne, who's tiny as hell, She's using her size to her advantage. Like, it's not like fighting against her. Like, it seems like it's been all the other times. Every time she's been in the ring. Yeah. It always seems like her size is what's keeping her down. Almost. And I'm just like, oh, God. But this one, it's like she's working with a, with a small woman in Roxanne. So it's like, it's worked pretty well. So, I get, again... I give people props when they deserve it. You know, if I see trash, you don't get any kind of, like, props. But, like, Lash gets her props tonight for this one. Because it's solid th- yeah, this for tonight. The, for the first time, you could actually see that she was using her, like, size advantage to her benefit. Mm-hmm. And, again, the good thing is, again, she's been still wrestling the entire time. Because I recently, just today... Before I started recording, I found out that she was on NXT UK and got a win. And I was like, see, that's the one good thing is they're still putting her in the ring. So it's like, that gives her the chance to get better. Yeah. And it's like, she's on both shows. So she's kind of getting better a little, like, bit by bit here. Yeah, and just because we give Lash Legend and, like, the the hundreds of other people that we, like... (laughs) crap on on this on our shows mm-hmm. like Lash Legend and Jade Cargill and mm-hmm. you can name dozens dozens mm-hmm. of people that doesn't mean we don't want to see them get better right just giving them the criticism that they kind of deserve because of you know they need to get better yeah it's and we it's, want to see them get right? better we don't want to we don't want to have to watch these matches or like see that a Lash Legend match is coming up and we're like Oh, fuck. Because that's or kind like, of, that's almost kind of what it was recently, was, oh god, a Lash Legend match, yeah. here we go. That's how it is with Jade Cargill. 
We're mm-hmm. not we're not excited for the match at fucking Double or Nothing with Anna J. Like I said, we've only and it's seen... not even just because the story sucks. Like I said, we've seen one thing. We've seen one match from her that was good. Out of all the freaking matches she's had as TBS champion, she's had one good match, and that was the one with Ty. Other than that, the rest of it's been ass because especially that fucking Marina Shafir match. Yeah, just god awful because you're tra- you're putting. Jade in there with Marina, who Marina's not really that good when it comes to this. And it's like, you're expecting Jade to carry her in a good match when she has a hard time kind of having a good match. So it's like... There's a there's tirade. <laughs> yeah, that's not really a tirade. It's just saying. It's not really anything like crazy. But again, back to this. So, solid performance from Lash Legend. Hope she keeps getting better so I can actually start to like her. Yeah. I don't care about the talk show shit. We don't have to ever go back to that. Keep her in the ring. Keep her as this sassy woman who likes to just beat people up. Like, fine. Yeah. Let it be at that. Let her keep wrestling. Let her keep mm-hmm. improving. Right. Little, little, bit of, little bit at a time. That's all it is. Roxanne. Fucking love her. She is great. Mm-hmm. And this finish was awesome. We get Lash picking her up for the powerbomb, and in one fluent motion, she picks her up in the powerbomb, kind of like pops her up a little bit, and Roxanne slips out the back, but gets her in the pop rocks, the code red. Perfect transition. Roxanne just seems like she knows how to transition anything anymore. You've seen how she's countered so many different things, like how she has these weird counters for, like, random-ass things. She's like, shot me into the ropes, and then I went up and over, but somehow I got to you in a schoolboy, but here's an arm drag at the same time. Like, what? Yeah. Fuck, she transitioned into that. Yeah. She's, so good. She's dope. She's awesome. I love Roxanne. I loved her from freaking when she was on the indies, and she was the ROH Women's Champion, like... Still irks me that Deanna Perrazzo had to be the one to take the title off of her because she had to come here. You couldn't give it to somebody else, but, you know, I ain't getting into that tirade. <laughs> so Roxanne advances. Right person won here. Lash, keep doing your thing. Keep getting better so I can keep giving you props. That's all I have to say. Yeah, like, we, we want to praise these people. Right? Exactly. But you gotta give us a reason to. Right? We can't just be like... Well, that was terrible. Let's try to scrounge through whatever we can within mm-hmm. the match to praise. Yes. No. No. If it's bad, it's bad. Yes. That's what I want most people to do. If it's bad, it's bad. You don't have to fucking just be like, uh, it's uh, just, I just gotta be. It was a bad, it was a bad match, but. Yeah. No, there's no buts. Yeah. Just be critical. Just be freaking, just, just criticize. Come on. You don't have to be afraid to criticize once in a while. Yeah. So, we now get Toxic Attraction backstage. Talk about somebody I'm not a fan of. All three of them. And it sucks. I just... So, NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose was talking about how Indy Hartwell made the biggest mistake by calling her out. They went on trash talking about Hartwell... Suddenly, Caden Carter and Katana Chance all of a sudden attack Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. It turned into a brawl backstage. Mandy walks off to go have her match. 
so after a commercial, Indy came out to start the match. We got Mandy following after, and I, I what else can I say about this? I said it Tuesday night. Fucking just bored the shit out of me, and it ain't Indy's fault. I don't. I'm not into Mandy. I'm sorry. It's just the fact that all of Mandy's matches recently has just been the same ending. Over and over again. Toxic Attraction shows up. Either Toxic Attraction shows up, distracts her opponent, and they win, and Mandy wins. Or Toxic Attraction tries to come out, they get beat up. In this case, this is what happens. Uh, Toxic Attraction comes out, Caden and Katana come out again to beat him up. Mm -hmm. Indy, for some apparent reason, gets distracted by them two beating each other up and gets rolled up and wins. No, she hit her. No, she hit her with the knee. Oh, did she? Yeah, she hit her with the knee. I don't know why the fuck Indy got distracted by that. Like, the person to most expect to get distracted by that would have been Mandy. Yeah, because it's no Indy. Indy apparently though gets distracted by this. Like, I like Indy Hartwell. I do. Like, it's cool. It's it's interesting to see her by herself because we've now seen her with Candice, with the way. With Persia, with Dexter, yeah, like, and then with the four of them, or the, mm-hmm. the three of them, I yeah. should say, with Persia and Duke and Dexter, like, now she's again back to being by herself. It's time to see Indy step out again, like she did by herself, because she was doing that for a little while by herself, and then she was in the way, and it was just like, it seemed like even then she was still getting better. Like we weren't seeing much originally from her. Like, when she first was by herself. But it was like when she was with Candace, it just, like, she got better over time. Over and over. And it's just like, she got so good that it's just like, I like her. I do. She's really really good. She's she's great. She is really good. And it's just like, Mandy, to me, for years, I, I don't even know how long she's been with this company. And it's just, I don't see nothing different here. Nothing. It almost feels like, Mandy's just been stagnant. The same fucking Mandy Rose for years. I mean, her character, yes, has been the same ever since she, like, showed up. But I do have to say she's gotten at least somewhat better. Because I remember seeing her first match when NXT was still in full sail. And she, oh, oh, if you think she was bad then. No, uh, I mean. Bad now. Oh, boy, oh, boy. No, I mean, listen. I will say... She's gotten better from her original NXT time by just a little bit. But it's just like, I'm not interested in her. I just don't care. Yeah. I really don't. I'm at the point where I just don't give a shit, and I'm just over their title run. I want her to lose the title already. I want Toxic Attraction to lose the titles already altogether, but it's like... What are we doing? What do we do here? How do we get the titles off of them? What yes. do we do here? It's not going to be Wendy Chu to take it. Yeah, it's, no. It's whoever wins this break breakout tournament. No, because even with fucking, but even with the tag titles, I think I think Caden and Katana take it. Yeah, but then what do we do? They have two teams. They're another fucking situation of the tag titles need to go. It's their their whole situation is still stupid. 
NXT got their own set of tag titles because the main roster, how dare we give our tag titles to NXT? Well, they're fucking stupid. At least NXT has the, like, NXT has the ability that the main roster doesn't, which is the PC. They have literally hundreds of people back That's there. That's true. That they could literally just pair out, pair up whenever they want. They could have Caden and Katana as their champs. I mean, they technically, I mean, technically have, they have three teams. You could still have Gigi and JC. You could have Luke, uh, Elisa and fucking Valentina. Yeah. You could throw, like, I said, you Sloane have Jacobs and uh, Kiana, Kiana James. James together. That's a good team. That's a good team right there. Yeah. Why the fuck not? You could have Cora and Roxanne as a team. Right, if Roxanne's not going solo still, like, give her, like, if she's not winning the title off of Mandy, put them together as a team. Right, something. That's, that's the benefit of NXT. They could easily make the teams, they just don't. I know, but I'm just not into the whole, like, I'm just not into the whole double set of titles thing. If they were gonna do it, they should have kept it as it bounces off the three brands shit. Oh yeah. Is this this whole WWE going? We can't let them hold our tag team titles. You know the tag team titles that we don't give a shit about. <laughs> but we can't let them hold our tag team titles. Give them their own, so we don't have to give them our titles. Like. Fucking stupid. How petty and ridiculous can you be? <laughs> Fuck off with that shit. That's the one thing that could have kept the tag team titles feeling different and actually meaning something if it was still on all three brands. But instead it got stagnant being trapped between the main roster because Vince and his fucking petty hatred for NXT at the time. Like the little 75-year-old fucking grumpy bitch he is. <laughs> but anyway, I... Mandy gets the win. I just... I'm over it. I'm not into Mandy. I'm not into Toxic Attraction. They just... They don't do it for me wrestling-wise. That's it. I get what their characters are, and I just don't care. See, I don't... I don't have... I don't necessarily have a problem with their characters, because, like... They don't affect me because I've seen them. I've seen that sort of character so many times. It's just the fact that like they they're like the same matches over and over again, and it's just they've been champions for too long. Eight months. Remember that they've been champions for too long. It's outplayed, or it's not outplayed. It's just it's just run dry. It has. Yeah, it's they're, another one of those at situations. At this point, they're literally just on TV for their looks. I mean, that's what it was originally to me. The wrestling didn't do it for me to begin with, but that's the only reason why they were on TV. Because everybody gawks over fucking Toxic Attraction because, you know, look at them. Of course. I understand that. But I want something other than just, you know, my jaw hitting the floor because, you know, like, yeah, something. I just don't get it when I watch their wrestling. I just don't get it. Like I said... Mandy, to me, just feels the same. Just mediocre at best. JC still is, like, eh. To, like, not good most of the time. And to me, Gigi feels like she's downgraded since coming here. 
for some reason, her doing raunchy shit in the indies and disgusting shit apparently was better than fucking watching this nowadays. Like, what? Who the fuck expected that? Just because I think the wrestling was better for her. I don't know why. When I watch her here, it's just like her locked in this fucking faction just doesn't do it for her. I don't know what it is. It just feels like downgrading a little bit. I don't know. It's just something. But again, I'm just... I, I, I'm at the point where I'm ready to see new champions at this point. It's just... Yeah. It's, it's, it's stale. Mandy and Toxic Attraction need to lose the titles, and we need to start seeing them move to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So after the match, Mandy was celebrating on the ramp, holding the title up high... Wendy Chu showed up with a pillowcase full of bouncy balls and whacked Mandy with it and then stood over top of her holding the NXT title. And again, that's... It's too predictable that there's no way in fucking hell Wendy Chu wins this title. No chance at hell. No. And it's... At this point, like, do I think that Katana and Caden take the titles off of Toxic Attraction? I kind of hope so. Yeah, they should. They should, and I hope they do, because we gotta get them titles moving somewhere. Yeah. So, Mackenzie Mitchell was backstage with Braun Breaker. He says there's nothing that idiot Joe Gacy can throw, can do to throw him off his game because he's focused. Mackenzie asked about facing Duke Hudson tonight. There was a TV screen behind Braun Breaker. It started playing a clip of Braun Breaker running an 85-yard touchdown while playing high school football. Braun says he can't believe Gacy got this clip. So Braun looks a bit down as he recalls how his father promised him he'd be at that game, but he was working in Japan and couldn't make it. So Mackenzie asked Braun if he's okay. Braun said he was good. And these mind games aren't going to work. And then Braun thanked Mackenzie and then walked off. So again, it's more of the, the mind games actually working. It's just Braun trying not to show that it's wor- that it's working. So then we move on to Fallon Henley facing Tiffany Stratton, who is filling in Nikita Lyons' spot. Yes, is it kind of crappy that Tiffany Stratton just gets inserted in this position. And everybody else has had to compete to get this far. Yes. But, and this is the but, just, it, it, it kind of made sense because she was, wasn't she supposed to be in this tournament to begin with almost? Like, well, I'm amazed they didn't want her in this, they didn't put her yeah, in this tournament I, to begin with. I'm surprised she wasn't in here to begin with. But. Right? Even Grayson like, Waller talked about that. Yeah, like, as shitty as it is to have Nikita unfortunately get injured it's and just, then have Tiffany just basically in this position, mm-hmm. just a free spot to basically the finals. Mm-hmm. It's shitty because she didn't. Yeah, she didn't do basically didn't do anything to deserve it. Mm-hmm. But this is going to sound very simple. But she's mm-hmm. a heel. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do. Yes. They're trying to make you fucking hate her. You know what you know what I'm getting from her right now? They're kind of turning her into the female Grayson Waller. 
mm-hmm. which is working. As much as I love Grayson Waller, this might work. Because you know what I've said. Just having Tiffany have... Stratton in association of Grayson Waller is enough for people people to be like, ugh, oh, these two. Like, here's the thing, okay? As the guy who, probably the only guy who has not been into Tiffany Stratton at all, because maybe, I think it's just maybe the character, the most of all, that just turns me off because I don't like the the prissy, mean girl, daddy's girl freaking thing. It's just stupid, okay? There is just... Originally, the wrestling didn't do it for me. This match, however... Fucking damn, girl. That's all I gotta say. She was great in this. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I must have been fucking blind the entire time. Or I must just not have given a shit. That it took my focus off it. Because... Holy hell, she was good. Like... Damn. Yeah. Even Fallon Henley, after re-watching this... She got some shit in there. And again, I like Fallon Henley. I do. She's... There's something about her that is really likable. She is easily likable in this whole situation. Just in NXT, she is easily likable. Yeah. And that is one thing that I think will help her a lot because she is just that likable. And she's not that bad either. Yeah. She's she's still got to, like, she still has moments where you see where you got to say, yeah, she's got to tighten it up a little bit. But when she's on point for most of it, she does pretty good. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. So, she's got a lot going for her. I'll give her that. And I don't mind her. And I still, again, I like the pairing of her with Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. Because I like Brooks and Jensen. I do. Or Brooks and Dunn, if you want to call freaking what Matt Ritter calls them. You mean it's Brooks Briggs and Jensen? Because he yeah. said Brooks and Yeah, Jensen. whichever one it is. Because, like, it's not easy to say. Because their fucking names are so, like, closely interacted with Brooks each other. Brooks and Briggs. Yeah. It's just, like... I, I like the team. I do. Mm-hmm. And I like her with them. And I like her too. I think I just got my thing to like me to get me to like Tiffany Stratton though. Because if you're turning her into the female Grayson Waller, sign me up. Because I am all in on Grayson Waller. So if you can get me all in on Tiffany Stratton, there you go. The thing though, I, I still have to say, that finisher needs some... The, the, the spiral Vader bomb thing? Yeah, that yeah. needs some work. It's it's just way too inconsistent, and it's not even her fault. You can't de- yeah. you can't have a perfect spin every time. I, <laughs> are you saying it's like physically illogical as to how she can get that perfect spin? Yeah, and it, it's just every <laughs> single time she lands in some sort of different way that just looks like it. It, it looks so ugly. Like, sometimes she'll land on, like, the thighs, or she'll land perfectly, or she'll land on the legs, so that's or like, she'll land on, like, the, the upper chest, and you're like, oh, God. Well, that's, that's like Raquel's thing, with the freaking little spinning senton thing she does. How the fuck she always hit that? But at least then, it's, like, it's not actually, like, an entire spin. It's like, she goes up, and she turns, so she's in an elbow. Or it's a senton. Yes, elbow, senton, yeah, whatever it is. Whichever one it is. Tiffany Stratton has to bounce up 
and spin completely around <laughs> and makes her make sure her body doesn't somehow move within the spin so she lands perfectly on the mm. midsection mm. but it never it like 20% of the time goes right <laughs> it's like the starship pain Ah, there you go. It's she's got the finisher. That's the starship pain. It just looks illogical as fuck and ineffective, but you know, it works apparently. Yeah, like when it hits, it looks effective, but when it doesn't, it looks ugly. See, the one thing about the starship pain is, what is it? Is it a twisting elbow? Is it a twisting like senton? Is it a twisting splash? What is it? Oh, you know. It's a thing. That's all it is. You know. It's a what? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's a what? <laughs> That's all it is. Yep. So, Tiffany Stratton gets the win with her Twisting Vader Bomb, which apparently has a name, but I cannot remember what the hell they called it. Like, Vic said it, but I can't remember what the hell it's called. But again... Hits the Twisting Vader Bomb, gets the win, advances to the finals to face Roxanne Perez. Yes, people are going to hate her because, you know, right now she's associated with Grayson Waller, but I'm going to love that. Keep it going. Get me to like her. Get me, give me a reason to be into her here at this point. If you could team her up with the guy that I am fucking all in on and with Grayson Waller, do it. Pair her up with him. Have him turn her into a absolute dick and I will be all in. Go for it. So we then get Mackenzie Mitchell again backstage this time with Katana Chance and Caden Carter asking about NXT Women's Tag Team Champions Gigi Dole and JC Jane. They say the champs wanted to keep dodging them so they hunted them down and tonight they found out that Chance and Carter won't be denied. Carter says whether it's NXT 1.0 or NXT 2.0, they're fed up and won't stop until they get what they want. They go on and invite Dolan and Jane to put their titles on the line in your house and see what happens. Wendy Chu walked up and she likes the idea of that match and the sound of her soccer balls hitting the face of Mandy Rose. Chu says they can win the tag titles and she'll leave in your house with the NXT women's title. It's just... No. There's nothing... You can't... I don't... There's no convincing me that Wendy Chu is going to win the title. There's no way. There's just... I just... I couldn't see it. They've just... They they haven't done enough to make her look like... <clears throat> and that's coming from they the They just guy. made her look like a joke. That's coming from the guy who likes Tiff... Or who likes uh, Wendy Chu... I really do. Yeah. She's good. She's really good. I like the, the goofy character and all that stuff. But it's like... I don't think you can't it's... can't take it seriously. That's what I'm saying. There's no convincing me that she's going to win the title. There's nothing. There's not a single ounce of like convincing me that she has a chance to take that title. Yeah. No, no shot. Mm-hmm. So, still to come, we got Tarzan versus Ikamanjiro. Mackenzie Mitchell sent us to a video package on Tarzan's dominance, narrated by Robert Stone. Back from a commercial, we get... No, no, no. As you see there... What? They changed his name. I don't care. I don't care. It's Robert Stone. No, no, no. No, no I'm not calling him Mr. Stone. You kiss he my ass. He is Mr. Stone. No, fuck that. 
fucking Mr. Stone. Mr. Pebble. Mr. fucking Stone. It sounds like a fucking Flintstone character. It sounds like a fucking goddamn science teacher. Yeah, it's fucking ninth grade fucking science with Mr. Stone. What the fuck? It sounds like a gym teacher, but like the worst one. <laughs> it's the fucking gym teacher that takes you into the workout room and tells you, you better be pumping iron, son! Like, No, that, that, that doesn't fit. Robert Stone, Robert Stone's a, a, I know. a joke. He's, he's a, a fucking, clown. I know, he's about as big as a piece of asparagus. We don't fucking pay attention to him. That's why you can't give him gym teacher. Science teacher makes more sense. He's a librarian. So he's associated with Peter Avalon. And Leva Bates. She has to Leva Bates, even though she's, like, irrelevant to shit. I forget she, she's even employed with AEW. I think a lot of people do. Anyway. So back from the break, we get a new vignette from 18-year-old Thea Hale, who we didn't talk about last week. Fucking 18 years old. And hasn't graduated. She's graduating, I believe, this week. Yeah, I think it was this week. Yeah. Uh, she's graduating school, high school tomorrow. And will be walking the stage with her friends. She says, Some friends want to be teachers, nurses, or marketing executives. And that's awesome. But her focus has been WWE. She says, She studied her ass off and got into top schools. And it'll be challenging to continue her education while training to be a WWE superstar. But she's up for the challenge. She says, since WWE is allowing her to attend college while training, sounds familiar, just like freaking Gable Stevenson with his whole, he's in college doing wrestling, but he's also signed to WWE and possibly still doing some training there too. She has a big choice to make over which school to go to. Hale says next week, with her diploma in hand, she will make that decision. Which, again, we got a, that at the end of that. It said next week. So I was like, is she showing up here next week? Or is she just, like, is it just going to be another video package? It'll probably be just another video package. It's, it's crazy to think that they signed an 18-year-old who hasn't even finished high school at the time until today, until technically, uh, no, until yesterday. Yeah. But that's, like, that's fucking crazy. That's nuts. Like, I, I don't even want to picture how long it's going to take for her to debut. Like, oh yeah, I'll be fucking 40 by the time she debuts. <laughs> 45 at the most, but still, holy shit, like, it's crazy. But, interested to see what the hell she's going to be like when she ever gets here. Maybe they'll even fucking bring her in at 20. You never know. Just like Roxanne. Maybe they won't wait. So. Braun Breaker backstage, again, on the phone, apparently with family, telling them to be careful. Suddenly, Duke Hudson walked in and assured Braun he didn't do any of those mind games earlier. Duke says he's ready for tonight's match, and a man with nothing to lose is his most dangerous. They end up having some words where Braun ends up grabbing Duke by the shirt and slamming him up against a locker after Duke mentioned Braun's daddy issues. He lets go, and then Hudson walked off, but stops and says Joe Gacy was right about Breaker. He's predictable. So again, the show is just riddled with 
Gacy and Braun Breaker stuff. Yeah, this is the thing that didn't make any sense to me. Because you have Duke Hudson walk up, right? Mm-hmm. You have him walk up, and he goes, you know, Braun, I had nothing to do with any of that stuff that happened before with the with the video package and stuff. And they're just they're just talking like a normal, <laughs> normal fucking normal people. He's just... <laughs> You know, I didn't have anything to do about it. And Braun's like, oh, yeah, I know, it's just Joe Gacy. Yeah, just <laughs> trying to get in my head. And he's, and then Duke Hudson, still like a normal person, would goes, well, just so you know, I'm, I'm ready for our match tonight. And Braun Breaker's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you better be because you're fighting <laughs> the world champion. And then Duke Hudson's like, well, at least I'm not the one with daddy issues. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Whoa! Where the fuck did we get to this point? Like it, it happened from a, it, it. It started from a normal conversation to like friendly banter to do cuts and saying that Braun Breaker has daddy issues. <laughs> like where did that even come from? It's just Duke Hudson testing Braun Breaker to see like if just the Joe way that Gacy. even came off was just so off putting. It's it's just to see it's just Duke Hudson testing Braun Breaker and toying with him because of the whole Joe Gacy fucking with his mind, but yeah. he's not letting it get to him. But he's like Braun's not showing it, but Duke's like, I'll get him to fucking crack and that's what he legitimately did, and it was like So Waiting for that match. Next up we get Good old Tarzan himself, Von Wagner versus Ikaminjiro. Can I start off by saying already, with the big gripe, out for four weeks, and Ikaminjiro doesn't do anything to change his fucking character in four weeks. I would figure, you know, I'm about to step in the ring with the guy that took me out for fucking four weeks. Let's ditch the fucking goofy fucking jacket bullshit. Let's get serious for a second. And let's beat the hell out of this guy. Nope, let's come out with a fucking jacket. Yeah, he came out and he didn't freaking, you know... He didn't casually walk out to the ring. He wasn't smiling at all. But, like... Do you really, like, expect me to believe that... You didn't just fucking say, screw this jacket bullshit, to go beat the shit out of the guy that threw that took you out for four weeks? Really? You know what really irked me about this match? That being? Two guys that you don't like? Besides that. <laughs> it was the fact that I had to continuously hear Vic Joseph, specifically, just, just Vic Joseph, keep saying the phrase, Ikemen Jiro using style strong <laughs> the not fu- not no strong style no. no no not strong style not <laughs> I'm just waiting for this if one anything when a when a Japanese like <laughs> based superstar <laughs> comes into WWE or anybody that even comes from Japan not even just 
not even just Japanese based. Mm-hmm. Like if it's someone who name made their like their like persona and their fame off of their career in Japan mm-hmm. and they come over to WWE, they instantly always bring up the fact that they have Japanese strong style in their repertoire. And this motherfucking guy, Ikemanjiro, <laughs> has to be the guy to go, you know what would be funny? If I wore jackets when I wrestled, and instead of calling my fighting style strong style, I'm going to be style strong. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Seriously. That is fucking wonderful. Fuck off. If I hear the commentators one more time say Ikemanjiro showing off the style strong, oh my God. I'm going to blow a gasket. <laughs> They, Vic Joseph had to have said it at least 15 times this match. Oh my god, that's so funny. It's like, the, this is the first time they've said it during Ikemanjiro's entire run in NXT so far. And whoever thought of it was just, just so fucking proud of themselves that they thought of this. <laughs> they just swapped two words around and thought they were fucking Albert Einstein. <laughs> They're like, oh, this guy, this guy wears jackets and uh, Japanese uh, strong st- style, strong. <gasps> oh, it was, it was probably Kevin Dunn. The Beaver. <laughs> it was probably Kevin. The Dunn. Beaver would. He Man. would. If he's not chewing on wood, he's coming up with stupid fucking phrases. So at one point, Jane comes out. Sophia Cromwell, you know, Tarzan Jane. She was out there watching the match. Von Wagner ends up, or fucking Tarzan ends up getting the win. Good old Tarzan with the win. Because, you know, got to impress lady. Fucking, oh, as soon as as soon as soon Tarzan seen Jane, Jane made Tarzan horny. Like fucking, Tarzan beat ass like fucking, fuck out with fucking Von Wagner. Tarzan beat style strong. Fucking... Tarzan put me to fucking sleep. Tarzan beat style strong because Jane came out and made me penis hard. <laughs> Tarzan whoop ass because Tarzan pretty much make me fall asleep because fuck him. He's fucking boring is all sin. And Ikumanjiro couldn't even fucking take the goddamn time to serious himself up and ditch the fucking jacket. Didn't care about this whatsoever. Fucking, after the match, Tarzan's freaking gets ready to throw Ikemanjiro back in the crowd again. Or, I believe it was at the announce table. He was going to give him the Wesley treatment at that time. Right as soon as he picked him up, Josh Briggs ran out, attacked Tarzan. Cromwell held, freaking Jane held Tarzan back. And that was the end of the entire thing. Just, so Josh Briggs is finally going out there to beat up Tarzan for hurting Brooks Jensen. About fucking time. You somebody do something here. Like, fuck off Von Wagner with your goddamn 
Tarzan mentality because you have to do this for pretty lady like fuck fuck off I got to throw Tarzan has to throw my opponents like rugs on fire <laughs> just fucking god awful so Tony D'Angelo stacks in two dimes or backstage he says Tony ends up saying this thing with Legato has gone too far and they need a turf war at in your house he says if Santos Escobar is a businessman, he wants one more business meeting, but this time Tony and his crew will go to Escobar. Stax reminds Tony about what happened before with AJ Galante. Tony says that's okay because this time he has something in his back pocket, and if there's any issue, he'll make Santos an offer he can't refuse. If we're getting another meeting, again... I don't know what the fuck Turf War is, but boy oh boy, is it going to be like a cinematic fucking parking lot brawl again? It should be. It'd be kind of dope. I'm all for it if it happens. <laughs> it sounds kind of dope. But actually, the last time we got a cinematic parking lot brawl, it wasn't all that good. It's because look where we were at the time where we were and look who was involved in it. Had Adam, it had Adam Cole in it. Yeah, but look who else it had in it. It had Adam Cole in it. Uh, look who else it had in it. it God just damn had, it. It just had Adam Cole in Adam it. Adam Cole wrestled himself in that match. Uh-huh. No, because that would still fucking would have been better. Adam Cole could wrestle himself and a fucking golf club, and the man could put on a fucking five-star match. I don't quite remember who he wrestled. Oh, we, do, we ain't going there with this one, huh? We're going to do this? No. Do nope. what? Nope, not bringing it up. Fuck I don't it. have any recollection of that. Nope, I wasn't dreaming it. <laughs> so, we get Kane a look... doesn't have any recollection of that. <laughs> What's on the cane to your undertaker. <laughs> we're, the, we're the brothers of destruction. <laughs> Podcast destruction. So, we get a look at Carmelo Hayes and Chuck Williams in the barber shop. We went to a commercial, came back from that, and we get fucking Robert Stone backstage. Mr. Stone. Fuck Mr. <laughs> Stone. Robert Stone backstage seething with Tarzan and Jane. Stone says, Tarzan has pissed off a lot of people in WWE, and that's okay, but he's going to need eyes in the back of his head. Stone mentions how Tarzan has taken out Ikamanjiro and others, then brings up needing a game plan. Jane says if you want to be noticed in NXT, you need to ruffle feathers, and that's what Tarzan's doing. Trust her, Tarzan can handle anything coming his way. Jane walks off as Stone and Tarzan watched, and then Stone says that Jane is right. I love how I was able to get through that whole entire thing. By calling them Tarzan and Jane. I feel very accomplished for doing that now. I think it fits very well that is that it's, it's his name legitimately is Mr. Stone with Tarzan and Jane. <laughs> and Jane. That's fucking I'm telling you. If that's what I, I wanna know now. I don't wanna look it up now. But like That should be a Tarzan character. Yes. If it was, that'd be fucking perfect. So Wade and Vic were at ringside. They were I, this whole thing of them just randomly getting off the commentary table just to stand there with microphones and tell you stuff is fucking weird. Like, can't the camera, like, 
just look over at the announce table and let them talk. Like, they don't have to get up and fucking grab a microphone and be like, we're fucking corresponding from the side of the ring here. Like, let's bring it over to Mackenzie Mitchell for the weather. Yeah. Uh, to see <laughs> guys, it's going to be raining all the all the way here in, yep. Atlanta, or in Orlando, Florida. Yep, fucking Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett are fucking news anchors now. Great. Yeah. For NBC News. <laughs> You mean NXT News. NXT News, yeah. <laughs> so, Wade and Vic were ringside. Toxic Attraction interrupted them from their lounge. Mandy's seething over Wendy Chu, calling her a grown-ass kid, while Rose is a grown-ass woman. Gigi and JC then cut promos on Katana and Caden, saying they can't keep up, and they're all just insecure of how Toxic Attraction rose to the top in no time. Gigi says... They're going to walk into in your house as champions and leave as champion as champions. Gigi says, "Let's make it official next week, presumably with a contract signing." Rose says they don't have the balls to come and get the titles, so it was already announced at the, near the like the end of the show that we're having a women's championship summit, pretty much championship summit of both titles. So. We'll see what the hell happens in that whole situation. So we go to Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes at the barbershop. They talk about Hayes challenging Cameron Grimes at In Your House for the North American title and how he needs to win the title back. Williams agreed, of course, because Trick's a fucking yes man for Carmelo. Yes, Mr. Hayes. <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> it's Hayes. Like, it's like Mr. Smithers and fucking... Ha! <laughs> Smithers. That's hysterical. Trick Williams is Smithers? Yeah. And, wow. And Carmelo Hayes is Mr. Burns. Wow. Is everything Carmelo says That is, is hysterical. Just, yes, Mr. Burns. That is hysterical. Or, uh, Trick Williams is, uh, what's the fucking principal's name? Fucking Skinner? Yeah. Skinner! He's, he's Principal Skinner, and Carmelo is his mother. Yes, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo's just like, when Carmelo shoots, he never misses. Right, Trick? Yes, Carmelo. <laughs> so, Trick agreed. Hayes says he's not the same since losing... Trick Skinner. <laughs> Hayes says he's not the same since losing the gold. But William says he's still the same man. Grimes all of a sudden showed up and entered the barbershop. Trick jumped up out of his seat. Cameron says he just wants to talk. He bragged about how he and Solo Sokoa beat up Hayes and Trick last week. They go on, and Hayes says everyone but him were happy to see Grimes become champion because Grimes doesn't hold the title the way he does. He's not the A champion. Grimes says he might not deserve it, but he earned it. Grimes brought up Nathan Frazier coming from NXT UK and says people say the new guy is faster and better than Hayes. Grimes says he'll face that he'll face Hayes or he'll face Frazier next week and he'll know then that he's better than Hayes. So we ended up finding out later on that Cameron Grimes was facing Nathan Fraser, which holy shit, sign me up for that match. That's gonna be crazy. More than likely it'll end in a fucking DQ though, because how dare we get dope match on Tuesday because Stupid. Yeah. We then go to the main event. 
I'm going to jump to this first because at one point we got a new coming soon vignette for a character named Giovanni Vinci. A man who appreciates the finer things in life and is there was a woman speaking Italian during this whole like vignette says status is only a negative word to those who can't achieve it. Style's a way to speak. Fashion is a representation of who you are. The video showed people in sites of Italy shopping and other lavish things. Vinci says with all of his success, he's still thirsty for more. He dreams are his he says dreams are for dreamers, goals are for achievers. It ended the promo with Veni Vidi Vici, which is Latin for I came, I saw, I conquered. I think this is very obvious who this is. Is this who we think it is? It's, for me, I think it's pretty obvious. Is it? Especially with the fact that they, yeah, Italian. Yeah, it's, it's Fabian Eichner. Yep. And I think the name is Giovanni kinda, Vinci is dope. It is kind of dope. It's going to be interesting to but see I him. But I don't know how well the character is going to work. I mean, Fabian Eichner, to me, always came off as a guy who likes that stuff. He looks like the kind of guy that likes the finer things in life. Yeah, but also, it's just... I, I don't know. Because I feel like a character of this, like... Of this, like, style and this, like, I, w I don't want to say magnitude because it's not that, like, mm. big of a character yet. But, like, this this type of character needs promo work. Mm. And Fabian Eichner didn't really prove that he was all that good on the mic. I mean, he's not really... He's not the worst on the mic. I, he's just not, when like... You, if you... When he was in Imperium, and you put the three of them next to each other. He was arguably the worst of the three. <laughs> Ludwig was the best. Walter was probably... Or Gunther. Was Gunther. <laughs> oh, it's Gunther. At this point... Gunther was the second one, and then Fabian Eichner was always dead last. <laughs> His promos apparently are not that good. He, he's, not, he's not good, in my opinion, on the mic. It's fantastic in the ring, though. Yeah. Again, I'm interested to see what this is going to be. And maybe we're wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's not Fabian Eichner. Maybe it's just some other dude. I mean, it would make the most sense. Yeah. But... It would. I mean, but, uh, but from what I remember in the vignette, the guy has a beard. And maybe I'm... Maybe grow a beard. I don't think... I've never seen fucking Fabian Eichner with a beard. And even if he did, I don't think it was a fucking black beard. Pretty sure well, he has never like, seen him with a beard. Period. He's always been fresh shaven, but maybe he did he maybe he did grow a beard. I mean, interesting. I mean, I still think it's Eichner. It makes the most sense, being you know, an Italian character. You know, he's Italian. Would make the most sense at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just gonna be good to get him back on TV because I need more Fabian Eichner. God damn yeah. it. Get him. Guys, Get him to be doing something. Right? The guy's fucking amazing. So we got, again, the announcement for the Champion Summit 
for next week, we got announcement for Cora Jade and Electra Lopez, and then the Cameron Grimes-Nathan Fraser match. So then we get to the main event. Again, Braun Breaker versus Duke Hudson. At, before the match, again, we got this little, this little, like, video of Joe Gacy with the two druids that he has. The only two druids he has left. And then... Before the match started, Joe Gacy and the Druids were up on that cliff again, up on the ledge over there where they pushed Braun off. And Braun kept, like, kind of looking over at them in the beginning, but then just kept ignoring them. Like, he was, he had the advantage for most of the match. And then Duke finally got the advantage. And they went to a commercial, and at some point, Joe Gacy was now off the ledge and next to the ring while the druids blocked the entrance ramp. This whole thing, just... Braun Breaker ends up beating up the druids while they were him and Duke Hudson were on the floor. They... He, he threw Duke back in at the time. That was when he beat up the druids. He then beats up the druids, gets back in the ring... Joe Gacy, I guess at some point, which we didn't see it because they were too busy watching Braun beat up the Druids. Mm -hmm. Joe Gacy gives Duke Hudson a chair who attempts to use it, which Braun blocked it. He picked it up. He then proceeds to dump the Druids out of the ring again, who jumped in the ring to try to get him. They get dumped out of the ring. Duke comes over to get him, and then Braun proceeds to whack Duke Hudson in the back with the chair and gets disqualified. And that's kind of just how the show went off the air. Duke won by DQ. They put graphics of Joe Gacy's on the, on the, like, the, the Tron and all around the arena, and it just, Vic talked about that if Breaker got disqualified... He would lose the title, and that was just really all that this really was for. It was just to, you know, a stipulation that didn't make sense as to why it was announced that way of, you know, after Gacy loses clean, now all of a sudden it's, if you lose, you can lose the title by DQ because, sure, doesn't yeah. have anything to do with what the fuck was going on at the point. This was just to signify and show you, hey, if Braun Breaker does this on Sunday or Saturday or whatever the fuck day it is, he could lose the title and that was it. It was yeah. just to signify the, at the time, extremely pointless stipulation. Yeah, to me, it was when the more I thought about this, going into this match, I was just like, well, I know what's exactly what's going to happen, and it it did exactly what I thought was going to happen. Happened. Mm -hmm. They were just going to. It's. It was just going to be a demonstration of what would happen if Braun Breaker got disqualified at in your house. Mm -hmm. I mean, now the problem. I have a a tiny bit of a problem here. One, I don't care. <laughs> I was about to say, what is your take I on don't, this feud? I don't care about this feud. At all. I know it still doesn't feel like Joe Gacy needs this. This this doesn't didn't earn this second rematch. Yeah. This rematch at all. But second of all, during the match, uh, Duke and Braun were on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. Braun looks over at the 
druids. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just standing there. He rolls Duke back into the ring. Very visibly, one of the druids goes to attack Braun. Mm-hmm. Braun didn't just turn around and punch one of them. No, mm-hmm. he the druid very visibly goes to attack Braun Breaker. That's when Braun beat him to the punch. Yeah. And then you hear Wade Barrett on commentary go, Well, there you go. There's Braun Breaker's attitude and his temper getting to him to him again. And I'm like, You expect him to just let the druid punch him in the back of the head? You're Wade. Right. I... You fucking buffoon. <laughs> yeah, my issue with this is... Uh, I'm just, I'm not into it really anymore. I was like kind of into it in the beginning and now I'm just kind of out of it because yeah, now again, it's, he's playing mind games with, with Braun and I get it. That's the part that, you know, finally makes the, it makes the whole stipulation of if he loses by DQ, you know, he loses the title, you know, so he's playing mind games to piss him off, so he'll try, eventually, so he'll possibly get him disqualified. Like, I understand it, okay? Yeah. It's just, Joe Gacy didn't deserve this fucking rematch. He didn't fucking earn this shot. He lost clean. Come on. Just, we're like, because we're continuing the story, that's what signifies the rematch. Yeah, but how about if it was like some, you know screw job finish it would have made sense yeah that this rematch would have happened but there was no screw job finish joe gacy loses clean in the first match but apparently just because the story that equals rematch it's not even like the story is all that interesting i mean it is to some people but like it doesn't really it's not doing it for me because Joe Gacy still doesn't... Like, it's an interesting... Like, I'll say it's an interesting story because I like the whole, like... The, the whole playing mind games and talking about his family and doing all this other stuff to him. And I don't mind the story. It's just... I still don't think Joe Gacy belongs in this situation. Like, he doesn't belong in this position. It's just like... there. It seems like Joe Gacy can't make himself interesting. He has to have a bunch of different things within himself or in his character that makes him, like, that, like, emphasizes himself. Everyone is just, at this point, is just like, okay, he has these two druids. And everyone thinks that these two druids are people. They are clearly people, but they're not going to be anybody significant. They're yeah. not going to one day take the robes off and it's going to be something a, a surprising you or a return or something yeah no they're just people yeah it's they're just like they're basically just plants pretty much like they're nothing they're like the security guards in AEW right they're just they're there here. to be thrown right at this point they're just here that's it they're just like Joe Gacy has druids okay like you when Braun Breaker threw the two of them over the top rope, you mm-hmm. could tell that they were nobody significant. Yeah. You could tell that they were nobody special. Yeah. They're like scrawny toothpicks. <laughs> it's just... 
I, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm all out on it now. I'm yeah, just all I, out I on don't, it now. I don't care. Yeah. In I, Your House should be the last time these two fight. Yes. Like, and I, this is it. If it's more, I, I, I can't find myself to care. Yeah. It's just, it was there. I think the story was interesting at first. But again, now it's just playing up to a stipulation that just made no sense as to why it was announced that stipulation first off. Yeah. Now it's just trying to justify that stipulation and that's it at this point. That's all it is. There was nothing that like hinted towards the fact that like oh Braun Breaker's gonna like it's not like the first match ended in a DQ. I mean it doesn't justify why he got the rematch. To begin yeah, with. If, if the first match ended because Braun Breaker couldn't control his temper, mm-hmm. and he started fucking wailing Joe Gacy with a chair, I would understand. Yeah. But no, he lost clean. Yeah, he loses clean, and now it's like they come up with this fucking stipulation, and they were just like, now we just gotta work the story to justify what the fuck we made this stipulation as, and it's just like... You you, you you had me at first, but now I'm just out. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm, I'm hoping this is it. At, in your house, and that's it. Same. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what we said. NXT just was... It had its good... Had a, it actually had a lot of good. Like, it had a lot of good. So that's why I want to, like, put it as an okay episode. More than an eh, or a yeah, meh episode. It, it, it was, was an just, okay it was just one of those episodes. Yeah, it was it was okay for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I call that ends our NXT portion here. Follow us on Twitter at JustinTime211. At JeremyInTime721. And we will be right back to cover NXT. AW. Er, yeah. AW. <laughs> yeah. One of these fucking shows.